0: back to the rewind i'm josh and this is a podcast where i watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends today's episode is about bodies 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 joining me today i hope she
1: doesn't hate listen to my podcast it's lisa koshwakti lisa thanks for being here happy to be back josh i'm probably drinking the worst drink right now to do a podcast i'm drinking um kombucha so i hope i don't burp but happy to be here
0: Okay, well, at least you gave us a fair warning. Let's see if you're just you can be quick to your mute button or something like that. But, uh, you know, there, there've been there've been worse uh, there've been worse improv moments on the podcast if that happens to come up. Uh, bodies, bodies, bodies is uh, one of the newest films from A24. It's directed by Helena Rain. A uh, a D- a dutch actress kind of turn fi- um turn film director uh so she has a pretty interesting story and it's like her first english language film uh screenplay by sarah Delap, and just a kind of an all-star cast of uh folks uh it, it it kind of tells the story of a bunch of old friends who are for the most part very privileged coming together at a fancy house in what i think is upstate new york i don't know if they explicitly say that or not but like it's also weird because it's a hurricane party USA i mean you and i are from south florida so like you know, we actually know hurricanes. I don't know if people right. in the north just have. If, if there's ever this like a storm in the north that people just go to someone's house and call it a hurricane party. I don't know, um, but that's what they're doing uh, in this movie. Um, and we, but we open up on we see uh we see B, who's a, a you know a, a woman from more modest uh, uh humble upbringings in Eastern Europe. She's played by. Uh, Oscar nominee Maria Bakalova, a very cool uh, next step for her after being Oscar nominated for Borat, subsequent movie film, she is there and we see her uh, making out with her girlfriend Sophie, played by Amanda Stenberg. Uh, They then uh, they're talking about it. uh, Amanda. Or Sophie even says, uh, "Hey, I, I'm in love with you." B doesn't immediately say it back, and they have a nice little awkward moment. And she's they come they start talking about how though B is about to go meet her friends because they're showing up to this hurricane party as we see as we soon see unannounced. They come upon it, and they come upon all their friends in a pool. This includes uh, uh, Sophie's best childhood friend David, played by Pete Davidson, and it's his it's his dad's house that they're all at, and he's you know very privileged, and it's very apparent. Uh, he has a girlfriend. That's an actress named Emma played by chase. Suey wonders, a young actress I'd never seen before. Uh, yeah. they have another friend there named Alice played by Rachel Sennett, who, uh, we all know and love from Shiva baby, which came out last year, which we talked about on the podcast. She has a much older boyfriend named Greg, uh, who she met on Tinder played by Lee pace, who, I mean, gosh, I, it's incredible that they got him to be in this movie. And Ow. another friend named, another friend named Jordan, who is played by Milo Harold, who, uh, people may or may not know from industry, a show, which I might be talking about later in this podcast. Um, and it's it's just a very kind of, uh, you know, tense, open, t- a tense introduction for Sophie and B to all these people, because, I mean, Sophie, as we come to learn, had some addiction problems with some rehab, and then all of a sudden showing up out of nowhere just because she heard about the party in the group chat. And as they kind of get settled in the house, they begin to play a game of what they call bodies, 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 which is kind of a murder mystery game where you tap someone on the shoulder and they die. But when they, uh, after a couple rounds of playing, they end up uh, in, or after a couple rounds of playing, the power actually goes out at the house and then they uh, come upon the outside of the house and they find David with his third slash. And, you know, all of a sudden, chaos ensues as they try and find out who did it, and all these other tensions come rising up to the surface. Uh, Lissa, in the marketing of this movie and all the press surrounding it and the time leading up, I think a lot of different critics that were seeing it early just started referring to it as, oh, that, that Gen Z horror comedy. Oh, this is a movie about all of Gen Z. It's a movie about all these Gen Z people talking in all this Gen Z lingo that you're seeing in the uh, trailer and people talking about all these certain kind of terms we hear on the internet, we hear the youngsters using. Um... I don't know. I don't think you're quite necessarily Gen Z. I think uh, though you're a decent bit younger than myself, you're probably straddling that border right there between millennial and Gen Z. So I have to ask you as the uh, representative young person on this podcast, uh, did this movie speak to you in any way as like, you know, I'm a young person and they're finally making a movie for me, or did you just kind of appreciate that it seemed like it was trying to like make fun of a certain type of person that maybe we all kind of know of?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question, Josh. I feel like I'm half and half in that sense. I think, mm-hmm. thank you for saying that because I feel like I identify more as a millennial, but then I do get called out for being Gen Z. So I unfortunately didn't really see myself in this film. I think Were you born in 1996? I was. Don't out me on here, but I was. I'm just kidding. Yeah,
0: I was. But I think they say that's like the last year of the millennial or first year of Gen
1: Z. Yeah. So, like, you're really I right think I'm the board. same age as Rachel Sennett. So I think that works out. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So to that end, um, the marketing for the film, I'd love to say that I think the trailer did it did not do the film justice. Mm. I feel like the film was better than the trailer. I think it didn't really like lead us to what was actually happening. But in terms of the actual Gen Z hum- humor of the movie, I actually really loved it. Like, I identified with the Libra Moon joke because I'm always talking about astrology. Um, the joke about how a podcast- I didn't even
0: know you were I didn't know you were into astrology so that joke doesn't even <laughs> fully work for me beyond the fact that like I really appreciate how much like energy and emotion. Rachel said it was putting in that line delivery, yes. but I have no idea what it means when someone is a Lieberman. None, none at all. I am like totally, <laughs> I don't talk down to astrology. If right. that's, that's someone's thing, that's their thing. People might think it's weird that I go see a hundred movies a year. It's whatever, you know, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know the first thing about what it means to be a Lieberman.
1: Wait, I think we should take a few minutes on the podcast, Josh, to go through your chart. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay. Uh. Uh,
0: I know I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> that's all I know.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll have yeah. to, we'll sidebar. <laughs> out a lot, but to that end, the Libra moon joke was hilarious because Libras yeah. are known to be indecisive. So
0: oh. as they're
1: kind of navigating who'd done it, that was a really funny comment. But then, Also, Rachel being like, a podcast is really hard to make. Like, you have to schedule the people and calendar, and I'm sure obviously you can identify with that as well too. Yeah, because I have to schedule
0: with people like Lissa, who is like (laughs) way too hard to ever get to commit to anything.
1: Right. So I'm not only Gen Z, but I'm also hard to um, (laughs) schedule. But no, to that end, I think a lot of the recent kind of Gen Z films or TV shows we've seen have done a really bad job at it because Hmm. you have these. You have like Gen X slash millennials writing for Gen Z humor, which in my opinion tends to falter a lot, but.
0: Or even non-humor. Like, I mean, uh, Euphoria is a show made by older millennials about like younger Gen Z people.
1: Exactly. And sometimes for me, Euphoria works. Sometimes it doesn't for the most part. But I know a lot of the hate on the film is kind of arguing that these are like lazy gen z stereotypes um which i would disagree with i think it was pretty accurate for the most part but i think a lot of the cast is meant to be or like a lot of the characters in the film are like upper middle class which i know there's a joke on that so i didn't identify with that because i don't quite understand that world but for the most part the gen z humor and marketing of that angle really worked for me
0: so it's funny that like i'm glad i'm glad you found it really funny and maybe if i was a bit younger and even more online than i am (laughs) <laughs> and I just, I, I haven't been online as much this year, I think I'd say, cause I've been so busy at work, but yeah. like, I'd say that like, maybe I would have found it funnier. Cause I think I, I still like enjoyed the movie. Okay. And like, I'm glad I went and I'm happy. I supported it twice. Um, cause I'm just, again, I, well, I, I think it's cool when things like this get made, but I, I don't know if I found it like especially funny beyond whenever like Rachel Senate talked or the camera just like lingered on Lee pace, looking like Lee pace does in this movie. Those are like <laughs> the times I laughed and I don't know if I was ever that scared. Uh, And I I think if you're gonna make a horror comedy, I kind of am just expecting more scares or more laughs, not even necessarily jump scares, but just like, um, and I, I think there are very tense moments. I think it's credit for that because it does a lot building out of a, a lot, a really good effective job in like just 95 minutes of like building out a lot of interpersonal conflict between these characters. Yeah. And so it's like almost better as maybe as a thriller and a certain, as thriller drama than it is as like a horror comedy for me in certain respects, because like, I just, I was never like, Oh my God, I'm very, very scared or, I'm laughing out of my chair, laughing or, or rolling out of my chair, laughing. So that's kind of where I came down on It's like, look, I, I think there are some really interesting moments as the tensions build with these friendships. I like all of these actors and I, th- and I, and I think there's some interesting filmmaking stuff, stuff that Helena rain does, but like, I can't say it was like the humor totally clicked for me. I was never like, Oh, I feel old. This is going over <laughs> my head, but maybe it was because I knew so little that I didn't even realize things were going over my head, but like, it wasn't like, oh, this is like eye-rollingly bad at any moment. It was just, you know, sometimes comedies are like that. It's like, oh, a groan, that joke just totally flopped. And it it was never like that at any point for me in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I was just like, hey, I think I was expecting, because I, I actually kind of like was excited when I saw the trailer and I saw the people involved. And so I think I expected to maybe laugh a little more. I do think they probably gave away a couple of the funniest moments in the, in the trailer in the promotion i think that thing about her like yelling about like having how hard it is to do a podcast i think that had already come out at some point uh i think the i think the pete i think it might have i think and i'm pretty sure that the pete davidson like uh uh scene where i just like oh i i look like i fuck i i i, I look <laughs> yeah. like i fuck and he's trying to like overcompensate for i mean i don't i don't think you saw the dynamic between him and the in the lee pace character i don't think you saw that until um it, 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 like it, just how he felt probably kind of like emasculated threatened by him that was kind of funny actually it's like he's not yeah. even that hot and it's like I mean <laughs> look even me the straight guy can like tell people that like Lee Pace is hot you know uh yeah. is it, some of that stuff was really funny I would just kind of say like I I, I mean I just did not quite uh hit me in the those same hit me in the same way that I necessarily hope for. I have a question for you. Cause I know you had to see it a little late due to some scheduling difficulties. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> did you have a decent crowd? Cause I'm I'm kind of curious how this plays with different side, if it played well for someone with a big crowd, but I'm guessing you might not have had the biggest crowd for your theater.
1: Yeah. I was actually really shocked. We picked a random Tuesday because um, as I told you, I was out of town when we wanted to originally mm-hmm. watch it. So I feel like I didn't get to the film till Like probably over close to two weeks in, yeah. Close to two weeks, yeah. So I was expecting a really quiet crowd on a Tuesday night. Um, not sponsored, but I got rid of my AMC stubs, unfortunately, because I'm so busy. But we picked a random Tuesday to watch it, and AMC stubs is five dollars on Tuesdays. But anyways, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, traffic difficulties. But to that point, we got there, and it was almost packed for the most part, and I was really shocked about that. I do love big crowds because I love the audience reactions, Mm -hmm. but I will say. Then me and my roommate, who went, I think, had the most visceral reaction out of all of them because at certain jokes, I literally audibly went no way and like clapped. <laughs> I was like laughing like I was at a stand-up comedy show, and so we had a great, we had a big crowd, but not a lot of vocal reaction on like me and my roommate. So I was kind, it was kind of an older crowd though, not. You know, I'm I'm. 26. I guess it says
0: something about LA movie moviegoers that like even older people would just like go give a movie like this a shot because going to movies is like a a, a thing that people probably just do at a high with a higher frequency in Los Angeles. You know, I don't know. I
1: know, But I think it got good, good buzz around it, which is also why, but I'd say like the, the medium, the mean age of the crowd is probably like 35.
0: Hmm,
1: But it's Burbank, not like West Hollywood. So I don't know if that tells you anything. But I don't know. Maybe
0: I don't, I don't exactly know what the ideal age is to like, even necessarily see this like if you're if, if you're these kids age maybe the humor works for you maybe if you're a certain uh like like it did for you maybe if you're a certain age you're gonna get more into whatever commentary the movie has to offer about right. these rich kids or something like that and maybe I, mean, I don't know maybe maybe there's a certain kind of 42 year old that like uh has kids close to that age or something that might be a little right. more into that i don't know uh yeah. but like as opposed to a 35 year old I, I'm, I'm not really sure i mean i think that like uh, for whatever for whatever it's worth though, like I do think I like I, as I noted before, like I I did like enjoy some of the conflicts that developed throughout the movie. I was yeah. I, and and, I, and I'll get to that. I was just kind of curious if like there was much of a visceral reaction in your crowd because the first time I saw it, I ended up going at like a nine fifty on a Friday night, uh, oh, which wow. is just like late for you know for a movie that's not like a massive release. You're not going to get a huge crowd in in West Palm Beach at that time. And yeah. then the next time I went was like the Saturday, like a Saturday. It was like a Saturday at seven, but like on the second weekend. So it wasn't too crowded. So I didn't really get to see like how a bigger crowd is reacting to it. I had friends around my age that like most, for the most part didn't really think it was particularly great. Um And like I, they, I, they were, so they were more down on it than I was. I was just, again, like I said before, you know, uh well, this wasn't struck by it necessarily quite in the way I was hoping to, but like I said before, one thing that did work for me more was just like uh seeing these people kind of be seeing these characters be a little bit more combative with each other. And I'm curious, like, right. um, d- was there a certain part of you that kind of enjoyed seeing these rich entitled kids be awful? Cause sometimes maybe it is hard to like, you know, watch a movie where it's hard to find anyone you particularly like. And I mean, there's even commentary within the movie about how like everyone's just kind of terrible. When you're in a movie like this, are you like, are are you kind of getting a little frustrated if everyone is kind of inherently unlikable or did you enjoy some of like what these arguments were and some of these evolving tensions that were, I think one thing above all else the movie's trying to say is like, hey, even at the world's ending, these self-involved people are still going to be like more worried about their own shit than like, you know, uh, a murderer on the loose.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think also to my own fault because mm-hmm. like you mentioned, I had a little bit of traffic issues coming in. I truly was thrown into figuring out who the characters were. Uh-huh. So that kind of, of course, like shifted my perspective and I don't really know much of the cast besides its main characters, but out of the girls, of course, I'm more familiar with Amanda and rachel like most people are um so to that end i think we all secretly love seeing rich snobby people being taken down because mm. <laughs> classism but to that end the film did a really good job of making me feel like i was also in the dark with them with that tiny little flashlight so to mm. that end i felt like i was living in that world so i didn't feel as bad for them mm. i was to sense, as an audience member being like how the hell are we going to get out of this because as you, as you mentioned, we're both Floridian. So I know the anxiety of a hurricane and the lights mm. going out and no chargers working. And honestly, they should have had a Florida consultant on set that was familiar with hurricanes because I know all of them using their little flashlights their phone would have died. And they they deserved a better flashlight to get through all of that. But um, yeah, of course you secretly kind of love watching the demise of girls. Sometimes it's giving, you know, that mean girls vibe, but, and, you know, for me, I think why I liked it so much was I didn't quite go into it with the idea that it's going to be a, you know, whodunit type of film. Mm -hmm. I was really more so interested in their kind of like shifting power dynamics and like the relationships that kind of dwindled as the survivors kept being less and less. So that really threw me for a spin and kind of picturing like, Oh, if we were in that situation, what would we do? You know, I think also coming off of Nope and watching that horror film people are, people are probably going into a lot of these films that you think are going to be horror, but in the end are really more like thriller and not what you thought it was going to be, which is also like helping shift perspective. So I think I I viewed it more as the shifting relationship dynamics as, as interesting for me, which is also why I really liked it.
0: Yeah. I guess I liked how it was, it was kind of about how these people are like, you know, just all more concerned with their own shit above all else, but like it did it in an interesting way with dialogue as opposed to having young people staring at their phones and maybe, and I guess, I guess that's a little bit of a cheat code to have the power come out and lose all service. So therefore these young people are forced to talk instead of looking at their phones. But like, I feel like sometimes in pop culture when people are like, sometimes older filmmakers in uh helena rain i think gets the generation pretty well though i think she's in her mid-40s i think sometimes they're just like oh these young young people they can't like stay off of twitter instagram tiktok for more than five yeah. seconds and so it's like that's, that's how they I portray <laughs> young people that's how they portray young people and it's not much doesn't go much deeper than that mm-hmm. and i like and and here it's like all right well they we can like show through how the the, the different like insecurities and uh like you said shifting power dynamics that these people have that like they are very 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 into their own shit but like we're gonna like exp- we're gonna explain that to you by actually having them express their feelings to one another as opposed to just like looking straight at the phone uh right. I, I, I don't know if you've checked out at um any of rap shit on hbo max so far um i've been and, meaning to so I, i'm enjoying i recommend it i enjoy it but like i think one thing and i mean i'm a fan of Issa Rae, and i and i really liked insecure but like it's one thing that's bothering me about that show is that like i'd say not even an exaggeration like certain episodes like up to 70% of it and most episodes like close to 50% of them are like done from the perspective of like someone watching an Instagram story it's like oh this character is filming what they're doing in this moment so we're gonna like actually put it on like a a live stream type of screen as opposed to just like shooting it normally and it's just exhausting and I'm like I get it you think the young people have to film everything these days but it's like that's like Disorienting and like exhausting to the viewer at a certain point. So I appreciate a body, bodies. So I appreciated how bodies, bodies, bodies is like, all right, like these people are just like super self obsessed. It's we're gonna make it pretty quickly apparent that these people are like that they are incredibly rich and self and spoiled, except for the B character who, you know, I'll get back to her in a second. But like I, 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 I like how she is utilized amongst all these other people. But it's like becomes very clear that like everyone else has something else they are more almost more worried about than the killer which I just think is like a very, very funny conceit for a whodunit, you know? It, it's just it's not wholly right. unique, but like maybe unique with like these kind of people dealing with these kind of problems. Um, well, One thing, and I, I kind of want to get to the performances, but before I even go more in depth on that, I want to ask you, you, since you did get to your movie a little late due to your LA traffic, were you <laughs> able to at least gather what the deal was with the B character and like who she was? Had you gathered that from the trailer? And that like, had you figured, did you, you figured out pretty quickly that like she was at least an outsider? And what did you think about like, her dynamic with the group because i i mean again i i, I we i really only knew maria Bakalova from borat subsequent movie film and like she's like a brilliant comedic actress in that movie and a lot of it uh, improv is improv in that movie obviously because that's how sasha baron cohen does his thing and here she's being asked to do something like really completely different because like um just like go in there and she's kind of like a deer in headlights for like at least the first part of this movie and, and i think you would have seen some of that at least but still it's because she's so like because she's such a fish out of water and unfamiliar with these people, she is like an enigma for a lot of the movie, even as she does some more of the crazy, gets in on doing some of the crazy stuff. And I, I enjoyed trying to discern what her deal was. What did you think about her before we even talk about the rest of them? Because she kind of is a standout for reasons, both with respect to like you know her talent, but also the way that character is written.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm actually not too familiar with her. I'm looking at... Did oh. you see
0: Borat? Oh, you never saw Borat?
1: I never saw Bored. Oh my gosh, oh. she's going Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's me. Um. So I should have probably known who she was, but I was kind of smitten with her from the first time that she mm-hmm. showed on screen because I was like, who is this character? What is the dynamic? I think I walked in at the perfect time because I had walked in when they were I, a little bit earlier. So I got to the scene where they were dancing and a manless character was kind of making eyes, um, being like, what's going on between them? And so I knew there was some sort of kind of disconnect there but you know maria has these like perfect doe eyes and so throughout the entire film they kind of really mesmerize you and towards the end when rachel is kind of like wait we don't even know you like who are you and Mm -hmm. it's kind of funny too because in when it comes to girls i think we're very we're very clicky like whether we don't know you we're kind of chameleons in the sense of like we'll find a reason to know you and know your thing so we really band together really quickly but to that end the the girl group entirely kind of shows how it kind of ravels when you're in those crises but i really love maria's character b she played she she played it perfectly for what the film was going into because you kind of felt bad for her and then you kind of didn't like and then towards the end i know i'm kind of spoiling at this point too sorry Mm -hmm. josh but um towards the end when they're in that steam room and then Amanda's kind of turning on her, you're not really expecting it because it feels like the roles are reversed because you're questioning B and who like what her motives are and all of this, but the shift wasn't quite expected. So huge kudos to Maria as an actor for having that switch at the end of the film, because I think it's really hard to play both of those tones.
0: Yeah. Again, like she is just, uh, I mean, she well, she does dive in and starts partying with them at a certain point early, but like, yeah. Right before that, she's like very, very unsure, and uh, but at the same time, it's like obviously if someone's somewhere where they're you know speaking the second language and uh, with a bunch of people they never met, like they're they have good reason to be like that. That doesn't mean that's who they are. So yeah. it's I mean, and I guess you could say that about any movie where there's like a a person that's just kind of like an outsider into a group. But like I, I just enjoy it with with my only history with her as an actress, I enjoyed trying to like get to the bottom, like who she was and what her deal was, if she was hiding something. All of that, right. um, I'm. I I, hmm, I mean, it, 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 it's it's just a very very compelling cast. Uh, what what did you think of Amanda Stenberg? Because she's had like a very weird last five years as an actress, but I I thought it was cool to get to see her do something like this because it felt very unlike the other things I'd seen her in, like um you know The Hate You Give and Dear Evan Hansen, and I don't really know what else. And she was in that other movie about the girl that falls in love with a Nazi that people memed a lot. Um and oh. yeah. Uh, So, I mean, I, it's like, it's like, I don't, I don't think she had been in like a movie that was like, you know like uh th- 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 where she was like playing qu- quite such a like an, a, an adult role necessarily in uh qu- a, 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 that, that a lot of people necessarily even saw Like, it's more like you know playing high schoolers and dealing with like you know uh certain uh like movies that like not that like not that race doesn't have its own subtle role that it plays in this movie but like it's yeah. less about that than other things here it's like a, a movie about something i uh, just like a, a more contemporary movie that's not all like messagey like um like dear evan hansen which was, was just trash. Um, the hate you give, uh, I think, I, I think people could watch that and tell like, she was very talented, but like, even if that movie had some, like, you know, uh, some shortcomings in its, in, in its own right. Uh, what, what, what did you think of her in this role? Cause I think it's like fairly, fairly complicated in that. Like, um, I, th- I think she's asked to like, try to hit a lot of notes in that character is like hiding a lot of things from other characters herself.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of Amanda. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I know I was trying to figure out what movie I watched her in recently, but it, it was Irvin Hansen, and I was like, oop, that's why I forgot about it. Um, I, I, I mean, not a good movie. I think I think I
0: think people did like her in it. I don't. I, I think yeah, I was, was so great down. In it. On, I think I think I was so down on the movie that I, I I really don't even know if I gave her any proper due on the podcast we did on that.
1: But um, but yeah, right. I know I've actually seen quite a quite now. I'm looking at her letterbox or letterbox. I've actually seen a quite a few of the things. That yeah, I, I'd
0: forgotten she played uh, Rue in the Hunger Games movie. but um, but... I know, that
1: was her start. That's where I first remember her. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I've seen where her hands touch. I really liked her performance. And I kind of like that film too. I don't know if that's problematic, but... um, I don't uh, know what...
0: Oh, oh, is that the Nazi one?
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I watched it at the I... Theater, though, <laughs> by myself. So I was like... I didn't know what the plot of the movie was going to be. So that was a shocker. But um, she did pretty well in that film. I loved her in Everything, Everything. I think she's a great actress. She did a really great job in bodies 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 and like i mentioned before for maria to have to switch i think Amanda <clears throat> was even better in that switch because amandla kind of played that neutral ground throughout the entire film and so i think it's a really testament to her acting capabilities at the end to kind of come into that crazy mode because you weren't mm-hmm. quite expecting it because she has been yeah, that she's sensitive. the straight woman yeah, she's a straight woman. So well,
0: she's not a straight woman, but she no. is the straight woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. Ironically, wrong which was the words, but um, no, like she is the the common ground in all of this. And kind of as an audience, when you're watching, you kind of look to a manless character to be that sense of calm. So when she kind of goes haywire, you are you're taken back and you're kind of scared at her at the end. So I think she did a great job in here. I don't say it's one of her best performances, but I think she was definitely higher if if we were like ranking the girls performances. yeah
0: i mean i mean i think they're all really good i think she had to she had to do a lot though like i said she was like you know i mean i i I particularly liked her in the scene in in the scene with pete davidson who i mean like uh i mean again i'm 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 gonna tell everyone the spoilers throughout this thing but he's 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 not in the movie for um very long uh making Uh that what you will in a movie where a lot of people get killed but he like he, he he is a little more like a lot of times he's like more just like straight up like I don't know stoner dude version of himself in movies and like uh, and no here, tattoos. <laughs> yeah he here you hear he's a little more like I don't even know if sinister is the right word, but has a little more of an edge and mm-hmm. is like giving her a hard time and like uh just expressing a little more um um uh um uh what's the word I'm looking for um uh, not this, not the disdain I mean yeah, yeah he's a little disdainful of the Lee Pace character but I mean I, th- I, th- I think he's I think he's just a little bit more volatile than maybe, maybe you normally see him in movies so him like giving her a hard time in that scene where they go to talk by themselves and the way that like she just kind of like stares him down which again was in the trailer but I just kind of enjoyed her poise in a moment like that but at the same time like she's I think we I, I believe we do see her like kind of slightly fall off the wagon later in the movie too um and it's, it's so like she's having to do a lot and then like um and uh, and like deal with like the revelations coming up about her relationship with, with jordan and it, it's just like i think she's asked to hit more notes than anyone even if like she is a little unique and that she's like playing it straighter than most of the other people uh throughout the movie so i just really appreciated that i felt like seeing something new from someone who i knew was really talented but hadn't quite really done a movie i loved and not that i love this movie but like i kind of liked her role in it a lot nonetheless um i i i i guess i guess now might be the appropriate time like guess we're just talking about kind of like the level of importance of some of these characters to ask you about Rachel Senate who um mm-hmm. i mean i i know i know you're a pretty big fan of her too Shiva baby was my second favorite movie of last year and yeah. i mean not that, not that it's like a not not that it's a like a a 180 of a character turn from her, but it's like something different where she's playing someone a lot more superficial and vapid and uh and laugh out loud funny, whereas like maybe in Shiva Baby it was more she's putting putting for some funny and uncomfortable situations here. It's like she's the one getting all the funny jokes off in a way that I think like really really land the whole time and like it's pretty cool that she was able to stand out in a movie with I mean I think she I think she's fairly well known, but like again, Shiva Baby is not a big movie. Um and may- yeah. maybe maybe some people know her stand up a little bit. I feel like I've seen clips of it, but I just know Shiva Baby and I love Shiva Baby, but like that movie has made like not even a million dollars. Um, so she might be like popular within a certain segment of people that we probably talk to a lot about movies that would have seen that movie, but like yeah. a lot more people know Pete Davidson, a lot more people know M- Amanda Sandberg, and more people probably know Maria bakalova and more people know Lee Pace. And it, I to, to say that to like almost probably like be the most memorable part of the movie, I think is pretty damn impressive.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, so uh, I love Rachel Sennett. I've been fortunate enough to um, chat with her a few times. I think she actually lives close to me. So I've <laughs> I've seen her around. So she's a very sweet person. And I'm really excited to see her popping off because she's super talented. And I've actually been fortunate enough to know about her since I lived in New York because I grew up kind of in that comedy scene. And so she's mm. been a pretty big comedian in, in this in the space. For a while now and i was excited to see her move to la because she moved to la when i moved to la so have you ever seen
0: her do stand-up before
1: i have yeah i saw her actually pre-pandemic um Mm. over here at the elysian and she's great she was with Mm. um juhari and all all of them so she's a great stand-up comedian i was actually really excited to see her in this role because this felt like it was written for her Mm. um i hope she doesn't get typecasted but this this role was meant for her because Um, from online, that's definitely her brand per se. I think in Shiva Baby, that was a real uh, 180 for her because she's never quite played that role before, like the kind of like more serious family um, kind of coming of age story. So I think this role was definitely more made for her, which is why she's such a standout in this. And I really think this film is going to be the one to like take her take off her career because she's also in a tv show she's actually in an abc tv show yeah um, i never
0: saw that thing call your mother but like i think i i don't i don't think you need hopefully you don't need to really worry about her necessarily like getting well what's funny is that like i never actually saw it i don't know if it got a wide release yet um but she did this some movie tahara which is like about um, yes. a woman like kissing someone else at a Jewish funeral or something like that. Uh, kind of not totally unlike Shiva Baby. So that's when you would have had to have worried about her getting tight cast, but I don't know if Tahar has gotten a wide release yet and she already has a couple yeah. other things like already done. Like she's going to be in that, that new HBO like music show from the weekend and Sam Levinson yeah. speaking to Euphoria called The Idol. I don't really know how big her part is going to be. She showed up in a frame of a trailer that dropped last week and she has and she has another movie with Emma Seligman who did Shiva Baby come, that she wrote with her coming out uh, not till next year called Bottoms says two on Popular queer high school students start a fight club to have sex before graduation which i mean who knows what that means but like yeah. i mean it sounds like she's gonna at least play somewhat of a different type of character than she did in this movie though again uh um you know she was the uh she was the she was the she was kind of someone that had already done a couple things about like kissing girls so i mean i, I whatever i think she's got another enough cool stuff coming out that like uh she'll hopefully just kind of like blow up but like it was like very funny because like i still laughed at some of those moments in bodies 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 where she said like the funny thing that i saw in the trailer and i still laughed anyway so if like a trailer is going to give something away and i'm still going to laugh at you i think that just kind of like speaks to like you know like how funny you can be with just through sheer force of will and like she certainly is um and i think it's just like I, i i heard somewhere she even um I I heard someone I heard somewhere that she even improved the Libra Moon line, which I mean is pretty damn impressive. And I again, even coming from me, who knows doesn't even know what a Libra Moon means, seems like that movie that that really worked. Uh, and yeah. and and then, but like also, I just like the I mean the again, I still laughed at the thing about the podcast, which I mean, I mean maybe I'm like a target audience for that as a guy who has a podcast that like would like to grow the listenership and works way too hard at it. But you know, mm-hmm. I I still like really laughed at that and it was like i kind of already because the trailer did show a lot i kind of already knew the type she was going to be coming into the movie and i still i still laughed a lot anyway um yeah. i want to talk a little bit about the the, the kind of the, the final like the, the the last sequence of the movie because you talked a little bit about just like you know how dark this whole thing we haven't even really talked about the kills that much i mean i just i guess i just yeah. mean to ask you about like the like the filmmaking and i mean uh i mean like right i we're I mean, OK, there's a couple different places to go with this. I'll first ask you about Lee Pace and also the scene where he gets where he, he where he eats it. um, And because that ties into kind of what we were already talking about with the B Maria Bakalova character. Um, first of all, what did you think about the Internet's boyfriend, Lee Pace, in this movie? And what did you think about like how it, the, the movie kind of got to a point where everyone's all of a sudden skeptical of him? And then he is gone from the movie probably more soon than we would have liked
1: yeah. Oh my gosh. What what can I not say about <laughs> Lee Pace in general, but also in this movie? Um, I just want to give a huge kudos to the writer and director for somehow making us all so horny for Lee Pace in this film, but also well, so I don't know f- if
0: I don't I don't know if that is really like the the hardest thing to accomplish if you're the director. I think you should right. give them props for getting For getting Lee Pace to do this movie, I think is what you get. You know props what's for. crazy?
1: Did you say through the credits? Cause did you see it said? It said and Lee Pace with Pete Davidson. I think at the end, do you see that the credit?
0: Uh, no, so like you think it's just interesting that he got the and credit or something?
1: Yeah, because I, I would think, I think from my knowledge, though, because Pete Davidson was last, so it said with Pete Davidson. Mm. No, I'm sorry, I think it said with Lee Pace and, and Pete Davidson. Davidson. Yeah. But, anyways, the matter of fact is, Pete Davidson got the last credit, and in my opinion, Lee Pace. Should have gotten the last credit. Yeah. I don't know. You can speculate You
0: could speculate as to what the agents think about that kind of thing. I just thought, it, I mean, I guess they wanted an older guy for the role, but I feel like I saw somewhere in some of the coverage that like, uh, when people were just like asking Lee Pace about doing a movie with people from this generation, he was just like, I don't even know. I don't even really text, which I think is just like yeah. hilarious to say to get someone that like, at least claims to be like that offline and that not into, um and, and, and like that not into any kind of technology to like, convince him to do this movie and like get him to understand what wavelength you want him to be on. Uh, I I think one, I mean, I guess I I think the filmmakers do deserve a lot of credit for that and Lee Pace deserves the credit for being game for it you
1: know yeah exactly no i think he was fabulous in the film and actually i was my roommate was asking me about this too she's like how do you know lee pace i'm like i don't know i haven't even seen pushing daisies i just like know of him (laughs) i guess gardens of the galaxy to be fair but i've always like he's like that's like
0: the worst he's like the worst marvel villain um and i mean that's i don't even really blame him so much as the 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 the, the writers of that character but um you, you guys should watch halt and catch fire um, that's that's where oh, I first really yes. knew him from and yeah. you know, that was a little known little watch show on AMC about like the uh, four different people that like uh, through the 80s and 90s working in tech and uh, he plays kind of like I mean, this character gets more interesting as the show goes on. He's just like a stereotypical Don Draper anti-hero type in the first season, and then the, it really gets a lot better after that. But I mean, that show it also has it also has uh, Mackenzie Davis, Scoot McNary, Kerry um, just like a, 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 a as, as the four leads. Like that's where I first know him from. But I, though I think I'm more in the minority on that because though I can't say a ton of people watch Pushing Daisies. It lasted two seasons, but people swear by that show. So it is something that I plan on watching at some point, but yes, like everyone is kind of like nosily paced. Cause it's like, yeah, he's the, again, the internet's boyfriend. And it was cool that like, he was down to uh, down to just hang with these people. And I, 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 I'm not even necessarily sure what the make of like when he makes that turn and gets all defensive all of a sudden, but I guess it's, it's totally understandable. You can't even say it's out of character. And it's like, I guess it's like the, it's the way it would make sense for a guy that seems that harmless on the surface to like actually react when a bunch of people start accusing him of murder. And the, the the I did laugh at the vet joke though. Um uh
1: the vet joke, I forgot about that. He's a vet, a veterinarian. A
0: veterinary, veterinarian's assistant. Like I mean, <laughs> I, I mean I feel like if you look like me pace, you could probably make a better living just being a model than being a veterinarian's assistant. But uh you know uh, but
1: honestly he was very spooky and I love the height difference too of when they were kind oh of my in god, the- he's so tall. Gymnasium, um, and when they find him with the sleep mask on, I hollered in the theater. I'm so sorry to everyone around me, but I actually hollered. Uh, it was funny, but like it kind
0: of that kind of ties into the other
1: thing I want to mention about just the look of the movie.
0: I mean, that's a little different. they're able to light that room a little differently, and it helps to have that glowy mask on, too. um I just think a lot of times in movie and TVs in recent years, like they get way filmmakers get way into this like making stuff really, really, literally dark uh just yeah. for the sake of doing it. and it's like it seems unnecessary. Um, here, I mean, it, it's necessitated by the plot in the fact that they lose power. but like I never really found myself all that bothered whenever they shot in the dark and i i, I would almost rather have like another cinema someone with a little more cinematography expertise in to explain why that was to me but all i can say is that like it's often disorienting and i get mad at the filmmaker because it seems like it doesn't really serve the story at all to have the thing be in the dark here like i said it kind of had to be but like i never found myself like frustrated finding it too hard to follow anything that was going on even if like because yeah. i mean i think the characters are supposed to always also be a little confused by it too did you have any thoughts about like what helena rain did visually either with the scene in the gymnasium or kind of like some of the other scenes where some of the other violent struggles take place not long after that
1: mm, it's a good question i think it's really interesting that we haven't really talked about the kills um because you don't because actually see him,
0: them really for the most part like you see a scrum and then alice ends up uh shot uh, rachel sennett's character ends up kind of shot in the head after, after she is shot in the leg um they find emma on the floor And at one point and then they and then Jordan kind of gets thrown off the balcony or thrown off the top of the staircase. But like there's not a lot of like really graphic kills necessarily like your traditional horror movie. a, it's a little off the beaten path in that regard.
1: I wonder if um, it was kind of like Lynn Ramsey inspired, you know, how she never really shows Mm. or like she shows violence like right off screen. I wonder if that was an inspiration, but also too, being in production, I realized just how much easier it is on your budget, but also on your standards and practices notes to (laughs) show the kill. So I'm kind of understanding more on that side now too, but yeah, to that point I wasn't necessarily, but then again, I was going into the film, not with like a horror lens. I guess I was going on into more of the whodunit shifting dynamics. So for me, um, the kills weren't as important per se, but in terms of the cinematography of it, I thought they did a pretty good job. It felt modern, but it felt, um, kind of culty at the same time too so i did really love it in that aspect I actually i don't know who the cinematographer was let me look jasper wolf who did what did he do let's see mm. oh i'm not familiar with them
0: yeah well not not a bad uh not a bad way to introduce himself to people i yeah. think was uh, certainly fun certainly a uh, um again just very worthwhile in that regard yeah i know not not heard of any of the other uh um any of the other credits he has um but uh, but yeah uh what, what about what about like well actually uh was dutch so probably that's how she, that's how queen uh, rain knew him I, i'm guessing um yeah but, but what, what did you what how did you think
1: you, what's that i was gonna ask how about you what did you think about um the cinematography well no
0: like am i like, i'm saying like again i i uh i was just uh i i, I was just kind of like okay like I get it. It has to be dark, but like, you know, it, they make yeah. it work. Um, and I mean, the, the, the Jordan character has that flashlight on her head and like, I, I kind of like you were saying, mm-hmm. like they're, if they were, if they were real, uh, if they were real, like hurricane people, then like uh, they would probably know to have better flashlights. But I think it's like, it makes sense yeah. story-wise that like, these are just dumb kids that I, as like I said, I think this, at least I saw in a couple other reviews, like this might be, this might just be like upstate New York or something. So some like dumb rich kids that are just like finding an excuse to throw a party. And right. like, they're not going to have the proper flashlights. It makes sense. They're just uh-huh. relying on the phones. Maybe the phone should have died a little sooner. But if you want to kind of give them credit and think they were somewhat fully charged, at, like, right. you know, right before the power went out and it's not inconceivable the stuff could last till midnight even if they're using the flashlights the stuff could last to like hey seven or eight in the morning or something when it gets light out if they uh, even if they're using the flashlights a lot then i know newer iphones than mine i'm still on the iphone 8 plus i know newer ones like have like very very good battery you know yes exactly um, yeah uh, so it, it, it's whatever there uh what do you so what, what do you what did you think of the final revelation um and at that point uh, things have kind of bubbled up a bit and um and at some point, Jordan kind of like uh, threw it out there to B that you know, hey, hey uh, I'm uh, Sophie, and I hooked up, and B eventually kind of turns on Sophie a little bit at the end and says like, I'm, I'm not sure if I trust you anymore because she has yeah. found, uh, I think, I think she found a bra in uh, in Sophie's car that might have matched something else she saw in Jordan's bag, and she's yeah. very suspicious. And all of a sudden, Sophie does not want to show her phone. They fight over it. Um, they 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 then come upon David's phone by accident when they're outside. And they see that he just actually like uh, slashes own throat with the sword, trying to do a TikTok dance. Uh, what what was your reaction to that? Because I mean, I was like, okay, this is kind of a creative, funny way to end it, and also maybe says something about how the kids are just in their damn devices too much. But again, like I said, I don't think they overdid it on that.
1: Yeah, I think the timing of this film is is perfect because. Again, to the point of being so vocal in the film, I literally audibly went no effing way because <laughs> obviously, well, well, like, what,
0: what did you think it was going to be? Did you think we were going to find anything out? Did you think it was just going to be one of the surviving people was revealed to be the killer, and then all of a sudden, not?
1: I truly was so entranced in the film that I normally like you're like you're saying. I usually have an idea or try to guess what the ending is, but mm-hmm. more so when it's like a slower film. I think the film was so anxiety inducing that I didn't have a chance to even think what the ending was going to be, mm-hmm. and because in my opinion. He did such a great job about going back and forth. I was like, what is the ending of this film going to be? And then Connor O'Malley shows up. And I was like, wait, did I miss him in the beginning of the film? Mm-hmm.
0: So wait, wait, I didn't who, know. Who, where do I... Should I know him from somewhere?
1: Connor O'Malley? Um, not necessarily. I'm only familiar... I'm mostly familiar with him because... Um, he is a comedian also in the oh, kind of scene. I
0: see. He had some late night with Seth Meyers experience. That's what you probably to yeah. back with. That and he's of,
1: on yeah. Vine a lot as well, too. But he's he's actually uh, A.D. Bryant from SNL's husband. So oh. I've been familiar with him because of that route. But he's also in Palm Springs, too. So I hope he, um to that end, keeps popping off, too. But I was like, wait, did I miss Conor O'Malley in the beginning? But he
0: uh-huh. showed up. And
1: then me, and my roommate, and my roommate, who's the one also worked at NBC with me, was like, no way. So we were freaking out to hmm. that end already. And then the fact that we lead up to another TikTok dance, I was like, oh, that's so funny. And then you see him, you know, spoilers, of course, you see him playing with the knife and me and her turn to each other and we're like, no freaking way. Like, cause you kind of assume what the ending is going to be with, and you know? So for me, I think that was Gen Z humor done really well because when you realize what the ending is going to be, you kind of backtrack and, and you're like, oh my God, did all of them just like kill each other and be frantic for nothing, which I think, is also a social commentary on how much we're on our phones and how much we don't think things through. I mean, we think social media is real life. And so I think it was pretty well done. But I did really love the ending also as someone who is an avid TikTok user. I'm scared to say that. But, you know, to that end, I really loved it. How about you?
0: No, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I just, I... <laughs> I
1: you can hate it. It's okay. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. No, I didn't hate it. Like I said, I was just like, I... I get it. Like it kind of be like, Oh, these dumb kids on their device all the time. But like, I, like I already said before, I don't think the movie really overdid it beating you over the head with something like that. So I thought it was like kind of a funny revelation that it didn't, it didn't like make anything that came before it not make sense, which, you know, sometimes things that might be the case when something just like tries to have a crazy twist at the end. I think, I think it all kind of tracks. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like I honestly, like to be completely honest though, if I went back and watched, I couldn't, I couldn't really tell you how Emma died. Emma being the character that was uh, Pete Davidson's girlfriend, she like at one point i thought it may implied that like she accidentally took someone else's drugs that might have been um faulty yeah. or something or I but, I but but like i'm not totally clear on that but like again i i don't think it wasn't like she got super stabbed or anything like that where it's like oh there had to be some explanation right. for who killed her necessarily now all the other deaths or whatever like there's explanations for him with the, the rising tensions and like jordan grabbing that gun because she was just like i don't know very very uh very very suspicious of everyone it seemed like but i mean everything else really tracks so at the end when it gets to that point i kind of like that like all this has led to actually kind of like as i mean well people were kind of suspicious of b throughout the night but like i think it's interesting that like at a certain point she was like you said she she has the doe-eyed look she seems like the most inherently good out of all these people uh she's even turned to be kind of cynical at the end based on everything she's seen and how all these people have acted and then all of a sudden right. just, there's like another revelation on top of that whereas it would have which again I think works fine but it would have been also funny if there was just some kind of fight between her and Sophie and that was all it led towards but I, I think I think it works fine again that's my criticisms with the movie are not necessarily overall with the plot beats more just like I I maybe was expecting to be like more scared or more inner or, or, yeah. or just like or, or to laugh a little more than I did but like there's like I just think I've already made it clear I think there's a lot of things the movie did really well first and foremost i just enjoyed seeing all these performers do their things uh was there anything else we did not touch on yet lisa that you wanted to talk about
1: you know i'm trying to think um that's why lee pace super important Mm -hmm. i'm still trying to figure out what the best defense is a good offense means Ah. honestly and that like messed (laughs) me up
0: that was hilarious that was probably the funniest thing that wasn't in a
1: trailer That was so funny. And I kind of, I'm kind of sad that we only got Lee Pace and Pete Davidson interactions for such a short amount of runtime, but they truly killed it. I'm, I'm, I have been talking pretty well about the film the entire time, but I will say a lot of the commentary and reviews is like, this is a cult classic. And to be fair, I hate to say it, but I think this film's going to be not as memorable as people think. Um, Well,
0: a cult classic needs time to actually become a cult classic. Uh, That's true.
1: Uh, I mean, you,
0: you it, know, but like you could be right. You could, you could very well be right. Cause I think, I mean, I think it needs a little hit, hit some more extremes than it maybe did to like resonate that deeply with someone. And yeah, again, that's what I'm kind of saying is the thing that was maybe holding me back from fully embracing it. But like, um, yeah. I, I can see why it might have a small but vocal uh, diehard contingent if it were to come to that. But like, right. it might just be a little early to say. And we got to see what happens when this movie finally comes to streaming and if it finds yeah. another audience there. Cause at this point, only $10 million worth of tickets for it have been bought, which is maybe not bad for a movie like this that um, is presumably hopefully done on a smaller budget. I hope it was profitable for uh, A24 and everyone Mm -hmm. else that was involved, but I don't know. Um,
1: I know, but huge kudos to them on an ending note that they kept in the Gen Z spirit and had a whole charlie xcx song get paired with uh, this film so that was good marketing and got to decide
0: if that song is going to be worth me buying so i can drop it in at the beginning of this podcast you know sometimes i do that and, I, and then it just takes up space in my uh, on my apple music and i just have to skip past them all the time because i never had a desire to watch it but like you know i i feel i, I it I'm not gonna lie, the the hot girl song is pretty catchy, you know. So it is pretty catchy, um, so I'll say that. <laughs> um, all right, well, that is bodies, bodies, bodies. Um, you know, we're a little we're a little behind here on the rewind because life has gotten busy. And I, I, if 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 I, I think I do think it's worth supporting it. By the time you let li- people listen to this, it is still playing in a theater near you. If you ha- near you, if you haven't seen it, but if not, then definitely, uh, you know, definitely worth checking out when you get to it. Though I don't know why I'm even saying that because we just spoiled everything. So I, I would hope someone would have already logged off if they haven't watched it. Uh. Lissa, anything else you've been watching recently that you would like to direct the listener's attention to? But I know you said you're super busy and so much so that you had to cancel AMCA list. So maybe you don't have much to report back. What Have you had time to watch anything?
1: I know. So I actually have been pretty bad about watching stuff. But like I told you, I just got back from Santa Fe where I was at the Nata Cinema Showcase. Um, and that was a really great time to be there. But I've been watching a lot of short films. So I wanted to plug... My First Native American Boyfriend by Joey Clift. I think it should be out there to find online. And then, um, please keep your eyes peeled for a short film called Long Line of Ladies by director uh, Sean Dean Tome. Um, those were two great short films that I saw over the weekend and hoping they get access to everyone soon. So I wanted to plug those two
0: okay yeah hopefully that stuff becomes available i'm all i'm I'm someone that at least for the stuff that gets nominated for oscars i always make it a point to see all the live action short films i just wish short films were more accessible in general or publicized when they did become available um but great recommendation speaking of native stuff i probably already plugged reservation dogs a few episodes ago Uh, i I, as of the recording of this episode which is august 30th which i actually think i'm going to have this out close to when, um to, to our recording but like i think they'll not not this not the most recent episode that will have aired of reservation dogs but the one before is the best of the season so far where it focuses on a lot of the adult woman from the reservation going out to like a health conference which is and it it was just like it was like maybe my favorite episode of the series and it didn't even have any of the main kids in it so highly recommend reservation dogs but my bigger recommendation is industry um again we we did not talk much about myla harold's performance i think jordan might be one of the more underwritten characters in bodies 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 but Mm -hmm. i just kind of heard she was in it i I knew certain people that i follow who taste i trust did enjoy industry but for some reason i just missed the boat on and even though i watch a lot of hbo stuff and just between the recording of this podcast and the last time i recorded a podcast i've watched like all um i've watched all 13 episodes of industry that exists there's an eight episode first season that aired in wow. 2020 and then five episodes have aired in season two over the last month so i just uh i mean it's a show about uh these younger people trying to make it in an investment bank in london and uh while doing that, when they're off time, they do a lot of drugs. They have a lot of sex. Uh, and it's, but like, it's, you know, it, it it's all that stuff is done in a way that like tells you a lot about the characters. And there's some really, really compelling performances, including by Malala Harold, but also other, other, other young actors and actresses and a couple ones that are a little older, but it's very, very compelling. If anyone likes Succession, I think they will like it. But I mean, obviously it's about kind of a different, a slightly different demographic, even if it is world of high finance and some pretty fancy stuff going on too. So I highly recommend industry. And I think Mala Harold is going to be a star along with some of the other people in that show. Uh, Lissa, where can people find you on social
1: media? I know you're fairly enigmatic on there. I think you might've jumped off Twitter again, but I know since I'm the last one, the pod, I have deleted Twitter, unfortunately, but I've actually made my Instagram public. So you can follow me at Lissa Kosh, K H O L I S S -S A K H O S H. I'm trying to letterbox. And Letterboxd, too. Follow me at LissaLissa on Letterboxd. And I'm Mm -hmm. sorry my reviews are not getting any better, even though I'm furthering my career in the entertainment industry. So, just a heads up, there's still lame reviews like Lee Pace was really hot in this for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So look, we can't be have we can't be having our girl
0: who's about to be a big shot just out there like <laughs> shitting on everyone. Like you gotta you got you, you gotta make friends and stuff like that. So yeah, I can't as, be as hated as, yet. <laughs> as, as long as long as you're saying funny stuff, um, and, we, and at least you're posting stuff. I'm like two months behind on reviewing things on on Letterbox because I I'm just no. that busy. So I have I do I do have some reviews that I haven't posted yet, but like I am just like so far behind. So you have nothing to apologize for. But if someone mm-hmm. wants to like you know see my review for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies that goes up like two months after the podcast post. Uh, on litter I'm Josh Jurnovoy, J O S H uh, J U R N O V O Y. Same thing on Twitter. Uh, podcast twitter is at round movie Pod. podcast email is round movie at gmail.com coming up next on the podcast we are going to do an episode on 3000 years of longing the new George Miller film that everyone should go out and support uh, after that uh, maybe uh honk for Jesus save your soul I think we might be talking about with um, our friend Mo and I'm not yet sure what all is after that but uh, I think we're, we only got about a month left of this kind of you know slow time at the theaters before we really get to October where things always start to pick up so thanks for everyone for sticking with us stay tuned for more thanks to Alyssa for joining